Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, Jane, what's happening? <laughs> I'm moving house. I've exchanged today oh my on God. my house in Twickenham. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's oh, happened today. <laughs> so I'm moving oh. to Brighton oh. full time. <laughs> Scary Esther. Well, hello, um, dog. This is my new jo- dog, hello. Lenny. Yeah, what? Lenny. Lenny, he likes Lenny. to jump up. Oh, I don't want him jumping. Oh up. no, don't jump. No, don't up, jump then. up. That's Lenny. it. That's it. Um, I'm too fragile for jumping. Up. Yeah, but he's, he likes to give you a little sniff on the face. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want that. Oh no, you don't want that. All right, then. <laughs> go on then, Len. Let's push him out of the way. <laughs> no, I don't want licking on faces. Thank you. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree Making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees I've got some some various things. Wow. Esther, you have two sets of belly. Now, I hope that they are king size. Ooh. And I've got you some mugs because you said that, you know, you had that that guy that came round to fix things for you and he was always breaking your mugs. Oh, that's right, the hedge cutter. So you've got some spare mugs that he can break if he wants to. Oh, well, actually, my hedge has been cut by the next door neighbour, so uh, he won't be able to break any of those mugs, sadly. Le Creuset. Oh, great, yeah. I think there's some things inside them. Cruiser, yeah, something oh, for some your sausages. Oh, so um, because I've been um, clearing my house responsibly mm-hmm. and it's exhausting yeah. um, to do it responsibly, but I feel proud that I've done it responsibly. Um, but I'm uh, the dog's making a noise. Um, Lenny likes and uh, he's chewing the carpet <laughs> like these new ones. They've got the carpets in that bag. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, so I'm recycling all this. So I'm, it feels really nice actually to give these things to friends, and so that when I come to your house, I might be able to see them. Yeah, which is actually rather nice to to see it in other people's houses. Oh, and it? I've been reducing my house down to a two bedroom flat, so mm. I've had to get rid of a lot. That's amazing, Jane. You've done so well. Have I got bags under my eyes? No, you look good. And your hair looks so nice. And I washed it. So, Jane, I know there was something that you were going to give me for my new studio shed. Look, there's a cuckoo clock. Cuckoo clock. Oh, cuckoo. You'll have to glue that because it's. I did glue it and now it's come away again. And I have also got you a lovely lamp for your shed. Great. And it's a Tiffany lamp. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So, should we, well, we could take the bag up to the um, the shed and then I can show you because I've got this great new plant wall. Do you want to take all these things up then? Yeah, I'll take these up. Tea lights as well. Yeah, let's take them up. We need some glue for to glue the cuckoo. Shed. I know, look at the plant wall. Oh, it's so gorgeous, Essie. So nice, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's so pretty. It's gorgeous, Essie. How clever. How oh. clever of Tom it's to have made this. It's not quite finished, but we'll come inside and then 
We can put these things on the desk. Step inside, love. Well, you do have a chair. Yeah. It's like a little doll's house, I see. And I love those curtains. Aren't they pretty? Yeah. What are the butterflies? They're old curtains from uh, my first place. And then my mum, she extended them when they were to move to the next place. She put mm. on those borders to make them a bit longer. She's clever. Yeah, well, that was, was good. Clever. I love that little chair. Yeah, that was my mum. She paper mashed that to bring it back to life. She's clever, isn't she, mum? Yeah. And that little crochet as well. Yeah, so, you know, another oh, thing, upcycling. She was into upcycling. And I love that throw with the birds. Oh, that's nice. But, um, yeah, so this is my little office. Oh, so nice, Essay. You've got a walking stick. Or a hook. A, what do you call that, a crook? It's a crook. It's a little bit tall for me. <laughs> Actually, it's the sort of thing your character would have had in Rumpelstiltskin. That is so lovely, Essay. And this beautiful hat. What's this from? That was when I was in Emma, the film, the movie by um, Autumn DeWilde, and I was Mrs Cox. Oh, would that you put the hat on for me, please? Yes. No, I don't want to mess your hair, but it looks a lovely hat. Is it a bonnet? It's a bonnet. A bonnet? Mm, let me tie you up. Oh, yeah. Let me tie your bonnet for you. Oh, God, you look lovely. Ooh, yes. You look like an Easter. An Easter... Easter something. Well, you know, I do wear this at Easter. <laughs> I like to make the most of it. Right. I've not done the ball very prettily. But, but um, um, you know, when I was in Emma, I, oh, um, do you remember? I got a part and I didn't have any lines. I was just part of the crowd. And then on one day I turned up and Autumn said to me, would you mind stepping in and doing some lines? Because Miranda Hart was poorly that day and mm. she couldn't make mm. it. So then I um, I played the part and I had a few lines. Sorry about the dog, isn't Lenny, it? Lenny, stop it. Yeah, he's wriggling. Stop it. That's it, James. Mm. He's not been told off before, Jay. Mm. Anyway, so I did the part. I learnt the lines and then when I did the first take I went oh I did this voice like that in very deep voice because that's how it came out and so I don't know why I did it like that and then um, and then um, I got a note to say just do it again but not that voice <laughs> so, so what voice did you do? so then I just did it more like that just a, a sort of a posh lady's voice I like um, the deep one it's like Julia I know, but I obviously did it because I was nervous and I thought it sounded a bit like Miranda, <laughs> so I did it like <laughs> Julia. <laughs> but it didn't go down well. But anyway, it came out quite nice in the film. And um, your picture of your dad, so yeah. lovely. But no picture of your mum. Or is that your mum? Oh, no, that was me when I was little. Lenny, I think he's trying to get attention, aren't Lenny, you? stop it. Pathetic. He does like singing, don't you, Len? Oh, sing to him, Jane. He did sing. Lenny, Lenny, don't ever wander away from the alley and me. Lenny, Lenny, marry me, Lenny, and happy forever I'll be. Lenny, you've got a lovely voice. 
We're just coming from the um, garden and it's raining, so I thought we could do a bit of pricking out of some antirhinums, you know, the snapdragon flowers. Oh, lovely. Um, so I've grown some of those from seed and I thought we could do that. Because have you done pricking out before? No, what is that? that? What is that? Pricking out is when you... So when you plant your seeds, you then have to... Uh, prick them out um, because they're only small and then plant them on into bigger pots. Oh. So these I have already pricked. So they're like shoots. So you're pricking out the shoots. Yeah. And then putting them into bigger pots. Yeah. So All we've right. got some antivirums that I've planted on ones that could go into a bigger pot. Or I've got some little uh, French marigolds. Mm. But you know what I found out about French marigolds? They're not actually French. Oh. No, they're from South America. And why are they called French? I don't know, but I thought French marigolds, because they look like they've got a little beret on their heads, mm. you know, because they've got the small ones. Mm. And then there's the giant ones, and they're called Tagentus erect, erectus mm. or mm. something like that. And I thought that's because they're giant and they stand tall. Oh. But it sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? Does it does sound rude. Mm. Pricking out an erectus. Yes. <laughs> it's very spring-like, isn't it? Mm. Full of fertility. Yes, and, um, yes. With this house move and everything, I feel like I've been much more aware of moon cycles mm. recently. Um, and I know that there's been a new moon, hasn't there? Yes. Can you talk a bit about moons? Because I know you know a lot about moons. Yeah. So in my garden, I like to plant with the, the cycles of the moon. Um, it's a good time for planting now because we've had a new moon and... Um, what does that mean? Well, when there's a new moon, the, the moisture in the soil um, is supposed to sort of stay in the soil. So as the the moon waxes to get to a full moon mm. that's a good time for putting seedlings in and planting seeds because there's a bit more moisture in the soil and then when this, the moon starts to wane mm. that's not so good for planting seedlings because they say that there's the moisture changes in the soil you know in times gone by people did often follow the cycle of the moon to do their planting I don't really understand when they say a new moon but what does it what does it mean a new moon well I'm, I want you to explain it like I'm four <laughs> so I follow nice um, yeah this is a lovely book it's called The Almanac by Leah Leanders mm. I mean I do know the basic rules but this goes into a bit more detail so um, if we look from where we are now so we've not quite reached the full moon so we're in the the first quarter which is leading up to the full moon so that means that the moon is waxing it's getting fuller so it says sow crops that develop above ground don't sow root crops plant out seedlings and young plants so that's what we were doing Lenny stop it on your bed Go on, on your bed. On your bed. Maybe say basket. On your basket. In your basket. I don't really know. Don't understand yet. It's quite a tall dog. Rather large. Sorry about this, Jane. It's all right. You know what I'm like about dogs. I know. My, do- my, my friend thinks I'm a dog fascist. Well, you just don't like dogs. That's OK. <laughs> I mean, don't worry too much about it. But, you know, in time, you'll get used to Leonard. Yes, I will get used to Leonard. As I did your other dogs, who were very placid. Yeah, they were. And he is, actually. Mm. He's, he's just a bit overexcited mm. today. A, a quick recap on the bees 
How, how's Olive in your garden? Dead. Oh, gosh. Really? Yeah, yeah. Olive was doing so well. I know, but it was interesting. Do you remember I kept saying to you, oh, they're always coming out in the winter and I can't understand why. Mm. So I noticed in the spring a lot of poo on the front of the hive. Now, this is a bad sign. A lot of bee poo? Bee poo. Because, you know, they, they, they were obviously, through the winter, coming out to poo. And I didn't realise that's what they were doing. And, and often they, they couldn't quite make it back to the hive. And I kept thinking, this isn't right, you know. I've, but I've never had them in the garden before. So I thought, well, maybe I've been missing something, you know. Um, but anyway, this poo carried on and it was literally all over the front of the hive. So it's it's called nosema. Mm. And it's um, like a fungal thing, um, a fungal disease uh, that happens and they just you know they get like basically they poo themselves to death oh no so normally then would bees not you know leave the hive in the winter to poo well they can hold it inside for quite some time and then they just go do a crafty one outside as soon as it's a bit of a warm sunny morning right but yeah they, they hold it inside they don't poo in the hive and they're very clean so this nasema it's a bit like a bee ebola Right. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. So they've they pooed themselves to, to they pooed themselves to death and I just um I've shut the hive down and that's the end of them. But good news on the allotment. Yes. Um they're all doing well. There was um, Have you got two hives still at the allotment? Well there's actually three now. Oh there's because there's been a swarm. Do you remember we got some the wood greeners? Yes. Um for Lynn. Um so she's back beekeeping. Oh again she? Now. Oh yeah. She? So that, that colony grew very nicely and it swarmed and Lynn caught the swarm the other day. Right. And then my my other hive, I had a mouse living in there. Hmm. I had a mouse nesting very nicely. It had eaten away through quite a lot of the wax comb. Mm. Um, but anyway, I cleared it all out and they're back collecting pollen and, and very nice and busy. Mm. So what I've been doing, um, I've been baiting hives. So I've got a lovely new hive that I got from when we went to the Trade Ex Fair. Yes. Beautiful cedar hive on a stand. And so I've baited that with some old wax. What do you mean by baited? Well, I've set like um, a bit of intrigue for the bees to come and, and sniff around a new mm. home. Mm. So they've got um, some lemongrass oil I put mm. and some wax and a few bits of uh, propolis that I've scraped mm. off the, the frames and a bit of comb. Um, yeah, and I've actually had some interest the last sunny day. Mm. They were flying around and I put two more bait hives at the back of the, the studio and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll get a swarm. Yeah, brilliant! at all your lovely bits as well around your house I just I love houses that have all these lovely pictures and bits and bobs to look at it's like a museum your house I just love all your bits and bobs well you know what it's interesting Jane that you've been getting rid of all your bits and bobs and things and I would actually like to get rid of my bits and bobs but because this is the only room where I can sort of put all my stuff Mm. is that it does end up getting crowded and I wish I didn't really have this m many things. But it but doesn't look crowded, Esther. It just looks like you've got an interesting collection of bits and bobs and it really doesn't look crowded. I think it's quite interesting, isn't it, about getting rid of stuff? You know, because I've been writing this musical about a hoarder and it's interesting, I think 
how people like really hold on to things and actually in the end it can sort of hold them back and I think it's really amazing what you're doing moving to Brighton and, and getting rid of so much stuff because it is hard isn't it when you've had a whole history and a family with all these things I've not had emotional attachment to mm. hardly anything actually I found mm. it really easy to get rid of the stuff did you very easy and what has been astounding to me and I'm I wouldn't consider myself to be a hoarder Esther no um but everybody's a hoarder who collects things that they don't need. Mm. I think that should come under the umbrella of hoarding, mm -hmm. things that you don't need. Yeah. And there's so much stuff in my house that I haven't needed and mm. I haven't needed for many, many years. And in a way, it's just been so exhausting clearing the stuff. I mean, it's been lovely giving things away, really nice things to give away, but it's been a real lesson to me not to collect anything again. Mm. Or if somebody gives me something that I know I'm not going to use, it has to go straight to a charity shop. Mm. And when anybody comes to have to move or clear the house, just think about that when you are collecting more and more mm. things because it is exhausting exhausting when you have to come to do it yeah and we just don't when we think about other people in other countries who live simpler lives yeah and just have maybe a cooking pot a wooden spoon you know i mean if we were to lay all our stuff out which i think they have done in quite a lot of the hoarding shows on mm. tv and laid out the stuff that you own i mean it will take up a massive proportion of space mm. sometimes like you know small football pictures you yeah, know of all yeah. the stuff that you have and and you, we just simply do not need that and I think the thing is for, to, for that somebody well two people said to me recently is you think I have to think I have enough mm. I have enough I don't need any more things I only need what I need I have enough mm. well you know hoarding is now considered to be a mental illness and you know people do find it really difficult to let go of things that they feel like an emotional attachment to. And some people connect more with objects than they do with people. I know some people with ASD, spectrum disorders or neurodiversity, sometimes find are a lot more clinging with objects you know and I was just thinking about when you went through all your stuff I know you, you you've been amazing you you know you've collected all this stuff and now you've had to get rid of it but was there any objects that you thought you might get rid of and then when it got to it you did you sort of hold it and did it if is was there anything that gave you a spark so Marie Kondo says that if you hold an object close to your heart and close your eyes and if there's a light then keep it but if there's no light if it's still dark then get rid of it well that is interesting because I have actually put quite a number of things in boxes to go into storage mm -hmm. and and I thought actually if I never saw any of this stuff again I wouldn't be sad so that's ridiculous that I'm storing it but it's like some kids toys some of their old clothes some scripts which I really honed down to one box because I had a massive clear in 2020 and mm -hmm. there were suitcases and boxes in my loft full of script I've practically kept every script so I recycled most of them and uh, gave some to charity to auction off yeah. but um, there were like a few that I kept in a small box which were kind of quite personal to me and maybe in years to come, if I was to open that box, there might be something that I think, oh, actually, I'm really glad I looked at that mm. in that particular box. I think I, I think I might be sad if I didn't see that box again. But all the other stuff, 
just meaningless. And, and when it goes into storage, I will forget all about it. And um, I'll be paying for storage, which is actually doesn't create a spark or a light. Mm. Um, so then the question is, why am I storing it? It's really interesting because I've ended up, you know, obviously when my dad died, you know, and I know with your mum dying as well, you know, you end up with some things... Um, and my mum, I've got that sort of bowl full of objects. I don't know whether I'm going to keep them or not, but with my dad's, my dad's cuddly toys I've got, and they're really threadbare, and I don't even know what the names are of them are. And I'm just thinking, you know, it's hard, isn't it, with, with things like that when you know somebody just loved them so much? And I'm keeping them, but mm. I think when I die, my kids aren't going to want to keep them. And I actually, a few years ago, burnt my childhood um, toy. I gave it a funeral in the garden and actually my neighbours came to the funeral <laughs> I did a ceremony and there was a, like um, two of the neighbours who I don't know that well started crying and saying please don't burn him mm. but I did actually burn him and my friend took a photograph of him I've actually got him in a frame up there right really yeah. Miffy can you see him so oh, you can Miffy so you can photograph your objects if you don't if you wanted to to remember them and then you could get rid of that photograph when you you want but yeah. there's lots of things you can do I know and I, but I also think you know sort of to put stuff in storage you know sort of like old stuff that your mum had perhaps not the threadbare toys but you know sort of things like my you know sort of the the books that my children read or I read to my children as uh, you know when they were little I've kept. And you think, well, why are they in storage? They could be being read to somebody else. Yeah, well, Bonnie could be reading them, couldn't she? Yeah, exactly. And just, just I don't know, it just felt... And, and they are... And my, my children are just not interested in those sort of things. You know, maybe each six months, you have another clear-out of the storage and you gradually get rid of it all. Yeah. So you have nothing. And it is very freeing. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, my flat in Brighton is very minimalistic and it, that feels great not to have anything and I don't want to fill it with clutter. I don't want to fill it with stuff. You know, I've got this, look, with my dad's. Oh, what is it? It looks like some sort of baton, mm. an old baton from somewhere. So I've got that, but I like. I always liked that as a kid. I used mm. to think it was there when I was a kid. Um yeah, it's some sort of baton, like if somebody comes in the night, you could... Hit them with it. You hit them with it, yeah. Mm. And then I've also got my a dad's... truncheon. My dad's old truncheon. Oh, is it truncheon, is it? I don't know. I said truncheon. 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 Um, Gosh, they're really hard, aren't they? Yeah. That would really hurt if you hit somebody with that. And then I see you've got some beads up there. Yeah, there are my mum's beads. You know, she collected a lot of... Uh, you know, she went on travels and mm. um, she collected lots of beads. I don't really like those, but I'm holding on to these. Oh, they look nice, and they look nice with the headphones, the, the old and the young. Oh, yeah. Well, the headphones are um, Jeannie's ear defenders because she can't stand crunching sounds. Oh, yeah. Dylan yeah. was like that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> crunching <laughs> Does she still wear them when you're eating all together? Yeah. She doesn't take them to uni, but she likes... She can't stand us eating. I no. think we all get on her nerves. No, Dylan can't stand me eating. It's funny, isn't it? And he wore ear defenders at the table for a long time. And now he still says, Oh, could you not eat any louder? I couldn't stand eating when I was little. Well, anyway, it's all... We're all sensitive people, aren't mm. we? Oh, and that's a great segue to lunch. Oh, yes. And we can eat as loud as we want. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jabber the spoons? Yeah, well actually no, because it's the green juice of May, you have to eat with your... And you have to eat with the ladle. With the ladle. It mm. is it is very green, isn't it? Mmm. Yeah, I don't help myself. So good. It's um spring asparagus soup with cannellini beans. Yeah. Spring onions, lots of spring onions. What is it? Um I think it's a Nigel Slater recipe. Oh, yeah. well, there's a Nigel Slater book in there for you. Mm. Rather a lovely book. You know what is so interesting? You know, remember when we did that podcast with Liz Nye? Yeah. It's so good, because that book I've really been using in the garden, uh, the community garden, and it's so amazing, you know. There's literally so many edible things all around us. that we. Why did we ever get into this mess of actually growing crops? You mm. know... There was a Turkish lady in the garden the other day and she came to pick this mallow. I mean, this mallow is growing everywhere. It's a weed at Sunnyside. Mm. What does a mallow look like? It's um, a bit like a hollyhock-type leaves, Mm. but they're a bit more shiny. They've got a little pink flower on. It grows quite rapidly Mm. and easily in your garden and generally it's a weed with a lovely little flower. And anyway, she came and she picked all the leaves and she showed me a picture. I think it was called... Gormek in uh, Turkish. She showed me this picture of this lovely dish. That's you can buy this mallow in the the markets. And here we are. We've got loads of it, and it's all there to eat. And there's the dead nettle, the stinging nettles. There's been all the wild garlic, the three cornered leeks, the garlic mustard. You know, you can even eat. There was one lad who came to the garden the other week, and he ate his hummus with a sedum leaf. Did he? He was eating his hummus, <laughs> and he got the sedum. You know, the ones that grow the lovely pink. Yeah, yeah, flowers. I've got the sedums. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually eat those sedums. You can eat all sedums apart from the ones that have got red leaves, or if they have yellow flowers so that's all you need to remember and all the leaves are are edible so they make a perfect little scoop for a dip (laughs) and i was amazed because i didn't know you could eat sedums i didn't i didn't what about dandelions oh jane well if you want to wet the bed start eating them right now um but i don't really they are a diuretic so if you eat a lot of them a bit bit like parsley Mm. i mean we've had a lot of parsley in this soup now but um, dandelions are lovely at this time of year, you know, before the flowers come on. All those lovely new little leaves. I mean, in the French markets, there's no end of them. And do you eat the flower? No, you don't eat the flower, but you eat the, the leaves. The leaves of the dandelion. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So you just put the leaves like in a salad? Like a, a sort of alternative to rocket, really. Yeah. Not quite so peppery, but still delicious. Well, I've got some dandelions in my garden. 
You see, we should go on one of these uh, programmes like Hunted and we would be able to survive in the wild. That would be really good, wouldn't it, to do that? It would be. Maybe we could do a podcast for this podcast of us foraging and you teaching me what I can eat and then I'll be dead by the end. Yeah, yeah, eat that, Jane. Well, I want yeah, to that's that. fine, Jane. That's fine. Yeah, go on. Oh, eat that one. Eat that mushroom. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Jane. I know you wouldn't. But mm. what's gone into this green witch's brew today, you'll never mm. know. <laughs> I'm sure it's very farty, isn't it, yeah, with all those cannellini beans? Well, are you ready for a bit of cake now? Mm. Yes, please. So, Esther, uh, you know, I've been admiring all your things in your lovely flat. Now, this painting here, which seems quite incongruous with everything else, of this man, this very austere-looking man, who is it in this in this gilt frame? Well, he's called Uncle George, and he's been in my family since, um, well, this, this a little picture there of the young Uncle George. I think that's from 1850. Oh, he's got a dress on. Yeah, well, you know. It was, was, he, all... was he a cross-dresser? He might have been, yeah. Um, in 1815, I think they, they, all the children wore dresses, maybe. I don't yeah. know, but that was his Sunday dress. Mm. It's a bit... I mean, we'll never know, will we? That's the story. Mm. Yeah, so 1815 in the, in the small picture, and then this one, I think, was 1846. I'm not sure. Um, and, yeah, so my dad... We had him when I was little, and then my mum and dad split up, so then he was at my dad's. And then when Dad died, um, my stepmom gave me Uncle George. Mm. So um, I was really scared of him when I was little because his eyes follow you around the room. Mm. And I think his head is slightly a different painter to his body. You can see, if you look closely, I think there's a painting on top of a painting. And in those days, sometimes, you know, if you didn't have a lot of money, you might have just got your face painted into an old picture. All right. And I think that's what that is, but... Just before Dad died, we went on Ancestry UK and we found out that he was from Kettering and he had a clock factory, mm. a shoemaker. So we are actually from shoemakers, the Coles. Mm. And I think I've always had a funny relationship with shoes. I've always had unusual shoes. Yeah, you have. Yeah, sort of special mm. shoes, haven't I? Yeah. Do you remember when you lost one of your shoes on the rail... You, you arrived somewhere and you'd lost a shoe yeah, on the was, railway line, was it? That's right, it slipped off and uh, it went between the rails and I had to come all the way home with one shoe on. You did, that's right. Mm. <laughs> was that one of your red shoes? You had some very strong red shoes. Was that's, that uh, the red shoe? It was one of my red shoes. Well, remember, Jane? Yeah, no, I do Did you like that. those red shoes? Yeah, I do. I think you came to the zoo in those red shoes. Oh, yeah, I would have done. <laughs> Okay, Jane, uh, we're going to do some pricking out now. So come forward. Are you going to prick me? I'm not going to prick you, know, although I have got a little fork here. But I'm going to... Ow! Ow! Stop it, Esther! <laughs> Is that a seed? So that's a little seed, but we're not going to do anything with that one. So here we are. We've got some little tiny tomato plants. These are beefsteak tomatoes. I think we planted those. We sprinkled some on the top. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's right. So um, they're getting very leggy now, so it's last chance saloon for these, mm. so we better prick them out fast. Mm. Tomatoes, do you know anything about tomatoes, where they grow, where they originate from? Um, I don't know. 
Okay then. Well, Spain. Well, they, well, they are very Spanishy, mm. aren't they? But actually, they are from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, South America. Mm. So. What we do when we prick out, mm. it's nice to use a little bit of something like a little tiny fork mm. um, so you don't damage the root too oh, much. Oh, yes. Now, um, how do you think, you you know, something as delicate as this, mm. what, what part of the, the little plant do you think might be best mm. to, to hold it by? What do you the, think? The lower part. So you think the stem? Oh, no, I, th- I would have thought, you know, to get it like that. At the roots. Like that. So you take it in one big lump, a bulk like that. OK, then. So is that wrong? Yes. Oh, right. So, wh- how you always <laughs> hold a, seedli- a seedling is by the leaves. All oh, right. Because you can break a leaf off and it'll still grow. Right. But if you were to sort of squash the stem like that, mm. once that stem's squashed, it's, it it's dead. Okay. So, what we try and do is always handle the plants by the. So, if you want to put that one there. Yeah. I haven't broken that one. You turned yeah. that one down. It's not, it's oh. not damaged. That try one. again this time now. Try and right. get get one out with the usual oh, fork. fork. Yeah, use your fork. So, hold the, the leaves, the leaf part, and just. Dig out a little bit, okay. And now what we're going to do? I'll get a bit of soil in a plot pot, so you don't for a, for a seedling. You don't want too much. Mm. Um, you don't want a very big pot mm. because then they don't feel. They like to feel a bit snug. And you put just one of these. Yeah. In there. So you're going to put one in. One in. Yeah. So one in the hole. Yeah. There we go. It's a bit leggy. This is really, but we'll give it a go. And then we'll cover it with some more soil. Yeah. So then we top it up. When you've got a very leggy tomato plant, Mm. I'm going to show you one here that I've Mm. left a bit too Mm. long as well. So what I will do Mm. is I'll take off all these lower leaves. Is that? Why is it so dry? They don't like to be overwatered tomatoes. They they don't want to be overdoing it. That uh, That is like. Like desert dry. Well, I did actually water it the day before yesterday, so maybe deep down it's a bit warm. It's a bit. Dry. I know, but I'm saying it's desert dry, and it's amazing that it still looks really healthy. Yeah, well, so I'm... you shouldn't overwater them, should you? Because this one looks like it's doing okay in its yeah. desert dryness. You don't want to overwater. So with this, because it's very leggy, you can actually take all these leaves off on the stem and then drop it into a long pot. Can you see this long pot that I've yeah. got here? Mm. So that's what I'm going to be doing there, and then all these little shoots. Mm. You take these out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Because then you get, um, you don't get so many, you might not get so many tomatoes, but you'll get like bigger ones. Mm. So mm. this is this is cherry tomatoes. We mm. don't mind if they're small, but. Um, right. Are we going to do the rest of these then? So we'll do another one of these. I'm just going to get you some, use that really small pot okay. there. So we'll put the, make a little space, make a little hole so you can. Oh, look, you're doing it wrong already. Oh, Where sorry. do you hold oh, it? Oh, no, on the leaf, sorry. Oh, bossy it. boots. I know, but you don't want to damage the stem. <laughs> stem. So hold it by the leaves. Yes, I'm holding it by that's the leaves. You've got your little there fork. it goes. That's <laughs> no, you're nervous, aren't you now? No, no. I, you're nervous about this precious I'm, little... Oh, you're doing it again. Oh, sorry, you're sorry. holding it by the stem. Sorry. Oh, oh right, sorry. You, well, I'll get this, this look. Get the... 
Get the compost. That's <laughs> right, it's then. at the edge, though. It shouldn't That's be at the edge. Right. Don't worry, because actually in a couple of weeks it'll right itself and then I'll drop it into a slightly bigger pot. Right, OK. Um, like I say, these are on the leggy side, so I'm going to give you one more go at this just so you can prove that you'll know how to hold it. <laughs> OK, so are you doing it wrong? I'm, not, I'm trying to separate them. OK, well, how do you hold it? I'm trying to separate it. Look, there. They're, they're all a bit too close together. Well, that's why you have to prick them out with something like a fork, like that, so you can dig down and get the, the little roots. That's mm -hmm. it. Oh. That's it. You're OK. <laughs> that's it. You're all right. So <laughs> now get your soil, look. Yes. That's it. OK, well done, Jane. You're going to be on Gardener's World before you know. Well done, Jane. We should have had Alan Titchmarsh on this episode. Oh, he'd be very proud of you. Look how you've done that one. He wouldn't have it. shouted at me like you did. So you've got that one. Now, that one, it's not too leggy, so that'll grow nicely. Mm. And all the roots will come out from the... Let's just do these ones as we've separated. Oh! Uh, oh! <laughs> as we've separated. You, you're reacting to me like when you saw the squeezy honey. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think you'll be doing that again, will you? <laughs> right, so, again, let's get a bit of compost ready for it. People might see these and think, oh, gosh, they are a bit too leggy, but... Oh, no, you, you see, to... look, that one's... That's no good. Look, Why? you've already damaged it. Where is it damaged? There, look, it's um, bent. Also, it won't do any good. No, get rid of that. Mm. Hmm. Choose a better one, then. Well, what about these two? They're, they're just wasted otherwise. All right, then, go on then, that's it. That's it, now I'll get a bit of soil. That's it. OK. So you can see this one, obviously, something's happened. Maybe it didn't get watered or something. As the... But you said it didn't matter about that. No, leaves. it doesn't. So, so you can see that will recover, no problem. Let's just do another one. All right, then. Would you want to try a marigold this time? Well, I want to get that one in. You, you are, look how you are picking it up. Let me make. Well, I, I'm, I'm used to it. Practice what you preach, matey. <laughs> <laughs> right then let's get some soil to accept it right don't squeeze the leaves to death oh am i doing that well you made me nervous now oh, you're gripping onto them mm. now this is extra leggy i might just have to sack that one but i think what we could do just to finish is yes. that we've got this very leggy um Cherry, Cherry tomato. tomato. So, yes. Would you like to just break off the leaves with me? So oh, you break those yeah, off as so well, do you? We're gonna because we're gonna tr plant it in a deeper pot, right? So if we break off these leaves, then all the roots. These as well. No, I think that one will be okay. Mm. So we'll put it in there. Mm. It smells it lovely, doesn't it? I love this smell. Yeah. Mm. And then we'll, we'll, we'll to rescue this one. Oh, blooming it! Oh. I mean, I've got some more up at the allotment, and they're all sorted. But these ones, just a bit left over. Right then, so we'll just soften the, the pot like that. Pull it out. Oh, can you see the roots have all come out the bottom of the pot? Oh, look. Mm. How many roots? That's really that ready. That is good, isn't it? Yeah, so we're going to put that one, squash it down a bit, and then we're going to give it some extra soil. So you hold it. Mm. You can hold it by the leaves or the stem. It's a bit more sturdier, this one. Are you going to give it some water? Yeah. Oh, no. 
Well, you haven't done so far. I might give it some milk because they love a, they love a nice glass of milk. <laughs> I give it some a glass of milk and a little drop of whiskey. And... I don't know why you're laughing when it's when it has been dry. Well, poor thing. It's fine. That now we're going to. Do a little wee on that and it'll grow nicely. Do you stake these, Esther? Oh, this definitely needs staking right now, don't you? Well, yes, it does look like it. Have you got a little bamboo stick? Yeah, I'll just go and get one. Mm-hmm. I got rid of a load of sticks. I could have brought those as well. Here, we'll use this old... Stick. Old stick. Will it just rest? Yeah. And yeah. Then we oh, could... yeah, it's resting nicely. Well, we could get that. I've got some of that. I could have brought some of that too, some twine. Oh, okay. Well, when you come for your glass jug, you can take all this stuff. Well, we'll just twine it round. Because you don't have a car right, here. Then. That's nicely twined. Very good. Did I like, like that. That's so nice. And look at our stick. Yeah. Cherry tomato plant. Can I have some of those cherry tomatoes when they grow? Oh, yes, mm. you will. tired now after uh, all that planting it's been very exhausting especially being told <laughs> off by you that I wasn't doing it properly um, but um, anyway your garden I'm just looking at your garden which looks so beautiful and all those alliums just about to come out so beautiful but I think I think it's time for a rest now mm-hmm. well you have been very busy and I'm really thinking about you in the move and good luck, Jane. Thanks for coming and meeting Lenny the dog Mm. and having a great time at the garden. And I'm sure we'll be on the Alan Titchmarsh show before you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it has been lovely to meet Lenny, your new dog. What a delightful dog. (laughs) Oh, here he is now. (laughs) Goodbye, Yeah, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I'll call you is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.